tip series with this installment being focused on one of the major topics in our economy, stimulus checks. For those who are not informed, our political leadership has approved to distribute $600 checks to most of the listeners of the show and $600 for the independents. Then, in the last hours of approval, the president declared that the stimulus checks should be at least $2,000 to see us through the pandemic as they distribute vaccination throughout the country. So, I don't want to discuss the political jarring because this is not a defend your party statement type of show, but more so on how to value and plan your use of the stimulus check regardless of the amount. We'll discuss after this. Craig Houston Podcast is a show that is designed and hosted by St. Chief Petty Officer of the United States Navy for active duty reserve service members, veterans, and their families of all branches as they work to achieve financial freedom while laying the foundation for generational wealth as they transition their own lives from a life of servitude to living out their dreams. The Craig Houston Podcast is currently looking for service members across all branches and pay grades who are currently retired and have completed the transition to their new career and would like to share their successes, failures, or advice that will help an active service member prepare for their transition. If you are interested, you can email Craig Houston at the Craig Houston Podcast at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Hey guys, I'm the Mongoose, and you guys are now listening to the Craig Houston Podcast. Like I discussed in part one of this series, we focus on how an emergency fund is paramount and giving you a puncher's chance to clear out your debt with level footing underneath you. I talked about how not having a emergency fund could leave you vulnerable to what has been termed Murphy's Law, where you may be working towards paying off your consumer debt. Consumer debt means paying off debt such as credit cards, loans, collections accounts, or charge-offs. When you are working towards financial freedom and you don't have an established emergency fund, you have a higher chance of running into an emergency such as major car issues or a problem with your roof on your home. And that will make you pause on paying off your consumer debt and deflate you from the momentum you were gaining. I understand that a lot of people need the stimulus money to put groceries on the table and to support immediate financial needs in their day-to-day lives. Most of you listening here are active duty military or veterans with a pension, so I expect for most of you to have a budget in place, as you should have positioned yourselves in a situation where your money should not be compromised to a checking account balance close to zero. If you do have an issue making a budget, don't worry. One of my future episodes will focus on budgets going forward. However, I know there are exceptions to this rule, and I understand that. So first and foremost, Please use your stimulus checks if need needed to feed yourselves and keep your lights on before anything else. I expect for you to do the right thing and ensure you and your family are taken care of. So with that, let's discuss who should qualify for the stimulus checks. So, if you earn up to $75,000 as an individual taxpayer, then you will qualify for a direct payment of $600. And that goes for your spouse as well if you file jointly. That will qualify one household who gross income up to $150,000 eligible for a $1,200 direct payment and a $600 direct payment for each qualifying dependent. So let's take a, take a look at my household, for example. 
We are a single-income family with three kids, but only two qualify as dependents for tax purposes, since Jalen is 18. Yeah, that's right. I have an 18-year-old. So under the rules given, our household will qualify for a direct payment of $2,400. So now, for a disclaimer, I'm assuming these same rules would apply if it was a $200,000 direct payment, if it was awarded advice a $600 payment. Then my same household will receive a $8,000 direct payment. Now, if anything with these terms change, obviously we would have to go back and talk about the new numbers. But let's go with the $8,000 for right now. Now, that is a lot of money regardless of the payout, and it can all disappear if you're not considerate and direct with the utilization of your money. So in the first part of this series, I suggested that an active military member should have an emergency fund at a minimum of $2,000 as they work through ridding themselves of consumer debt. So even with the $600 direct payments, a household of four will receive $2,400 and that would be the baseline of that emergency fund and still have $400 to put extra groceries in their household or pay towards lowering the consumer debt. I think this is important to realize that you can wake up here shortly with anywhere from $2,400 to $8,000 in your checking account and how you position yourself to use this money smartly will be very important to financial success in 2021. So leave me a review and let me know. Will you be starting an emergency fund with your stimulus check or do you have other plans for it? I'm interested in hearing your ideas for your money. So now that we have discussed using your stimulus check to start a fully funded your emergency fund, let's move on to using your stimulus money to clear a bill. Simple and straightforward. This advice is for those who have already positioned themselves with three keys first, which are a funded emergency fund, a clear and detailed budget, and in the midst of clearing out consumer debt. Simply put, pay off bills with a sudden windfall of money that you will come across. I would recommend the Dave Ramsey Tony Ronnie Makeover, Debt Snowball Process. So if you are just starting your debt snowball, you will list all your consumer debts, smallest to largest, and pay off each bill from top to bottom, or in this case, smallest to largest, as this will continue to motivate you to continue paying off these bills as the value gets higher. I will go into this in more detail in our budget show in this series, so stay tuned for that episode. While doing this, realize that this is giving yourself a small, substantial monthly raise as these bills are no longer requiring a payment and you are able to combine these payments into your next bill that needs to be paid off. At the same time, you are increasing the likelihood of your credit score rising as you pay off these debts. Don't think that this is the time to go out and put yourself in more debt and go out and buy a Dodge Charger or finance a vacation to Jamaica that's going to set you back another six grand when you are already fighting an uphill battle. As a matter of fact, make yourself this promise now. I need for you to declare you will not take on any more consumer debt in 2021. Let's say it all together now. I would not take on any more consumer debt in 2021. Okay, good. I ask you to declare this because if you are truly going to be in control of your finances, you are going to have to practice self-discipline to make your money do as told. So a question that you may have is what if it's a bill that's already in collections, should I pay off that bill? Next in my debt snowball. I had to deal with this at one point, and here's my advice how to handle it. Skip it and come back to it. Once all your active consumer debt is paid off completely, 
Here's why. First of all, your active consumer debt is currently requiring you make a payment out of your budget each and every month. And that means once these are paid, like I said earlier, then you will have that power to add that payment onto your next loan or credit card payment in your debt snowball. It's called shrimp in numbers, or in this case, shrimp in dollars. Those shrimp in dollars are better on active dollars, as they will continue to grow. Once all your active debt is paid, then come back and address those collections or charge off on your credit report. And these can be typically negotiated and paid off for 50 to 60% on what the original balance may have been when it entered collections. We will discuss this more in due time. So clearly put, clear off a bill with your stimulus check if you have already positioned yourself to tackle that consumer debt and give yourself a mini raise and use your shrimp in dollars. So leave me a review and let me know if you would be clearing a bill with your stimulus check as you work towards financial freedom in 2021. So now that we discussed clearing a bill, let's move on to don't waste your stimulus check and invest it. This is my final advice to what you should focus your stimulus check towards if you have already reached financial freedom. Then my input, if you care, is that you should invest it. What should you invest in? I believe that you should invest that newfound money in stocks, mutual funds, or even Bitcoin. Bitcoin? Yes, I said Bitcoin. If you are going to put that cash in a savings account, that is never going to provide you with substantial interest. I'm not giving financial advice since I'm not qualified to do so in any sense of the word. My opinion, however, is just to do some homework once you are done with this podcast. So let's start your homework assignment. I want you to go research on how Bitcoin, how much Bitcoin was on January 1st, 2017, a coin. Look at that price that it was. Then... I want you to look where it went later that year on December 17th, 2017 per coin. Don't stop there. I want you to also look at the price that it was one year later on December 18th, 2018. And finally, I want you to tell me exactly where it sat two years later as we round out the year 2020 as the show episodes, as the show airs on December 30th, 2020. My example is this. If you have just put in $2,000 on January 1st, 2017, Vice's savings account, now, you will have obtained two Bitcoins for that same $2,000. Don't sound like a lot, right? Well, later that year, on December 17th, 2017, that same $2,000 or those two Bitcoins will be worth almost $39,000. That's over an 1,800% rate of return on your initial investment in Bitcoin. Now, throughout the following year, the reason why I tell you to look the following year at what Bitcoin was priced at, because it took a plunge. It dropped in value. But that same $2,000 will still have been valued for those same two coins at $7,283 in December 2018. That's still over 260% return on investment of that same 
$2,000. Now, let's take an account. I am not discussing adding to your position at this point. Just only the $2,000 in one lump sum and just letting it ride. Some people say you throw it in a drawer, you close it, you don't look in there until 10 to 20 years from now and you see what you got. So let's talk today what that same $2,000 will be worth. All right, folks, you ready for this? That same total, $2,000 investment, two coins, at the current price that Bitcoin sits at today would be $55,678, which is almost a 2,700% rate of return on the initial investment in 2017 of $2,000. Folks, that is a $2,000 investment that you would normally see sitting in a savings account drawing minimum interest. And even if you went into the down year, you would still have made more interest on that initial investment of that same $2,000 in five years than you would have made in a savings account versus Bitcoin. So, that is why, in my opinion, Bitcoin is not a bad investment vehicle. I hear all the commentary. I hear all the editorials, newscasts, people not understanding it. I got it. But I'm just giving you Another scenario where your money could be worth way more to you now by some type of investment vehicle. Please just do your own research as you look into opportunities to invest your own money. Please leave me comments also if you've already owned Bitcoins or considering starting a position in Bitcoin. So for full disclosure, I don't own any shares currently of Bitcoin, but I may start a position at some point. So, stocks obviously is the true investment vehicle that most would decide is the best option for them and their cash. I don't disagree, and I believe in investing in companies that can give you value back on your original investment. I just see it as a great opportunity. I believe that good research, exemplary research, let's say, and an understanding of a company's business plan or model and who their potential customer base is, allows for you to make a sound investment. A lot of people will tell you that you need to do technical analysis, like chart reading, understanding um, the sh how short sellers been into the stock, and when to buy at the dip, or, and it's a lot of people like to say, time in the market. I view time in the market as something similar to shooting dice in a dry storeroom on board a U.S. Navy ship. I'm not suggesting that that's something I would be participating in myself. But essentially, to me, time in the market is gambling. Research shows that adding to your stock position routinely, month over month, over time, allows for that position to grow, and you will start to see substantial growth as you add to it versus trying to figure out your next entry point. That is why a lot of individuals invest in exchange-traded funds, better known as ETFs versus individual stocks. Now, an ETF is similar to mutual funds as it usually consolidates companies that are reflective of an index or a sector in the stock market, such as technology, where they mimic either those sectors or those indexes as individuals buy more shares of the ETF versus the individual stocks. So, let's say you decided to put $2,000, that same $2,000, that we talked about in Bitcoin in our first scenario, 
in, into the index ETF. Let's use stock symbol SPY, SPY. SPY is uh, one of the major ETFs that most individuals invest into because it mimics the S&P 500 index. So basically, it's going to give you a similar return that the S&P 500 sees year over year as long as you're investing into this ETF. We will use the same time periods as two, all right, that we did for Bitcoin. And showing you how you can invest that same $2,000, vice, put it into a savings account. Now, please, like I said before, make sure you're doing your own homework as it will be vital for you as we proceed to go deeper into helping one another build generational wealth. And especially in this series of the Getting Out of Debt series. So let's see what that $2,000 investment would be on January 3rd, 2017. The market closed with SPY at $227. So that same $2,000 will give you a value of eight shares of the SPY ETF. Okay, so now let's fast forward to on December 18th, 2017. Those same eight shares will be worth $2,352. That's an increase of $352 on your initial investment. So that's still a 17.5% gain on your initial investment, and that's nothing to sneeze at. You didn't do anything but put $2,000 in there, and you basically waited 12 months to receive $352. Vice probably receiving fifteen dollars in your savings account over that same year. That's better than any savings account I know of. If you think I'm wrong, go ahead, hit me with a comment, let me know where I may be mistaken at. So let's keep going though. In December 2018, SPY ETF dropped in value up to $240 a share, giving your same eight shares a total value of $2,114 which is still a 5.7% gain on your original investment. Still higher than what the treasury bonds are currently rate at and what you're going to get on the savings account, which is typically no more than 0.8 annual percentage rate. Still, that's better with that same 5.7% than any savings account rates that we've seen recently. So now let's fast forward to today. Today, the SPY ETF is worth $371 a share meaning those same eight shares will be valued at $3,268, which gives you a 63% gain on your original investment. So that was with quick math. I want you to do your own homework. I want you to do your own analysis. And I want you to see why investing would be a better fit than just leaving your money sitting in a savings account. Let me give you another comparison to me that I like to use. I look at a savings account with the same disgust I see when I look at the G Fund and our TSP, Thrift Savings Plan, for those who don't know. It's only good, in my opinion, is when I reach a retirement age and all my potential value has been erased from when I can be paid for the talent that I have and no employee wants to pay it. So that's just my two cents on that. Please leave me a review and let me know what you think about investing your own stimulus check Versus letting it sit in the savings account. So let's recap what we discussed today. We focused on your stimulus being on the way, whether it's in the form of $600 or $2,000. And we talked about how to make that money work for us through starting your own emergency fund, clearing a bill, or investing a portion of your stimulus, or all of it. I hope 
I was able to provide insight into what may serve as a great conversation piece in your home or workplace. Well, we should be focused on making the most of when it comes to giving these stimulus checks versus outbound unnecessary things where these investments could potentially be more value or even just working toward financial freedom. So, that would do it for this episode. I'm glad that you all joined me again. And if it's your first time tuning into the Credit Kitchen Podcast, please be sure to subscribe or follow to continue to check out what other informative topics I will be discussing on the show. I promise you, I'm planning a big show for the 2021. I plan on this show growing, and I'm starting to see fruits of the labor, and it's starting to come to fruition. I promise you I have a lot more things on the horizon, and I just need y'all to stick with me and keep listening and keep hitting the likes and follow me on Facebook and all my other social media channels and listen on your favorite streaming service. And like I always say, I appreciate you hanging out with me on the Creative Kitchen Podcast. Stay safe out there, and peace.